You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome, welcome. This is Jonathan Schroyer, the Mission Matters Podcast Network. As you know, I'm the host of the Future of Service channel, and I love to get a diverse group of people that think about services in different ways. And today's guest is no different. We have Howard Tersky, and he is Wall Street Journal bestselling author. He's the CEO of Fun, the Digital Transformation Agency. So Howard, welcome to the show and feel free to introduce yourself to the audience. Oh, of course. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, the first question that I, I ask all my guests is, what do you think the future of service looks like? How should we be thinking about it? Yeah, the future of service. You know, well, on one level, what else is there other than service? I mean, isn't that the essence of business is service, right? What value can we deliver for somebody else that they're willing to pay us to pay us for in one way or another, pay with their attention or pay with their dollars or whatever else it may be? And I think, you know, digital has transformed every aspect of business, including service, because you know there were a lot of businesses in the past that relied on just being in the right place at the right time. You know, well, we're the only hardware store in your town. So you want a hammer? I guess you're coming to buy it from us. You know? <laughs> and of course, you know, digital eliminated that for many types of businesses because now you had an almost unlimited number of choices. And then in addition to that, over time and through COVID's acceleration of digital transformation, that's been true for more and more types of businesses. Because while you could get a hammer where from Amazon or anywhere else 10 years ago, you know, not so easy your groceries, not so easy food you might want have delivered, et cetera, et cetera. So we just keep expanding all the different options that we have. And that means that first of all, the world is more competitive because we're not so geographically limited. And second of all, you know, the digital leaders, whether that's an Amazon or an Uber or Google or whoever it may be, set expectations that set the bar for everybody. And they're able very often to deliver a higher level of service because of how clever they're using digital and how cleverly they're using technology. And that means that anyone who wants to compete with them has to be able to find a way to, well, to respond to that bar of expectation. Customers' expectations just keep getting higher and higher in terms of how easy they expect it to be, in terms of how rich and intelligent they expect responses to be in terms of the timeliness of response that they expect in terms of the cost effectiveness. So I titled my book, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance. And I think that companies have the opportunity to either figure out how to transform and be relevant in this market or else risk irrelevance because the competitive landscape is trying to you know, offer an alternative that's just been thought from the ground up totally differently. Yeah, I mean, you, you dropped a lot of knowledge bombs there. My head was thinking about all kinds of different things as you were going through those knowledge bombs. I love the that transformation piece that you talked about. I don't know if you've seen these studies probably, but they look at what were the top, you know, 10 tech in companies like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and today. And what you'll notice is a lot of the top tech companies 20 years ago don't really exist because they didn't transform, they didn't innovate, they didn't really adopt the digital component and so forth. And so I think that's true. And the thing you talked about indirectly was like the future of services, the service economy, right? As we think about with AI and tech coming in and a lot of that RPA stuff taking care of a lot of the work, we're starting to think about how do we engage and serve people in a new and different way? And, and one of the things when I talk to other leaders is they're like, hey, we're starting to see an increase 
in that connection, that engagement that people want to have with the brands. And digitally is the way that that folks do it. Like today, you know, five years ago, I wasn't on any digital channels, but today I'm on TikTok, you know, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, you know, Insta and so forth. And so if you want to be relevant, if you want people to know who you are and the value you could potentially bring to them, you have to be where they are, right? And I think you've touched on that really well. When you think about kind of the force multiplier that really makes the magic happen of what you just talked about, what do you think that that might be for people? Well, you know, we have an ever-ending stream of technologies that we have to create more self-service. Mm. I mean, ultimately, self-service is the biggest force multiplier there is because it takes the cost of the human out of the equation. Mm. And what we see is increasingly customers want in the vast majority of situations, they prefer self-service options. There are exceptions, of course, when yeah. someone's in an emergency type situation or when someone's dealing with a, you know, they're, they're making a $10 million wire transfer. They may not want to do that on a website, although some, yeah, people yeah. Do. some people do. But so there are exceptions, but the exceptions are a small percentage. When we do customer research, which we do all the time, customers almost always would prefer self-service options. Mm. And of course, we've been implementing across all kinds of industries, self-service options for years. And what it started with the simplest, right? You need to order a replacement credit card. Well, do we really need to speak to you for that? You could just go to a form, request it, we'll send it to yeah. you, no problem, great. Yeah. But more sophisticated, more nuanced requests initially weren't really suitable for self-service. And with increasing technology and now with artificial intelligence, the potential to handle more sophisticated requests. For example, you know, if I get the wrong order from Instacart, I can go ahead and request a refund and they're intelligent enough to know, you know, how good of a customer am I? Do they want to investigate whether that was really what I ordered or not? Or do they want to say, this guy orders so much from us, even if he's wrong, we're refunding his $24.95. And yeah. therefore, you know, essentially applying business logic. It started with just basic stuff, then yeah. it went to business logic. And now, I mean, most of us have, have spent some late nights playing with chat GPT over the last couple of months. <laughs> and the sophistication and nuance of how it's able to respond and seemingly think, if you start to imagine you know, your customer database with the information about each individual customer connected to your knowledge base with information about your products and information about your you know, rules and processes or whatever it may be, being connected together through a platform like ChatGPT, whether it's that platform or a competitive platform from Google or somebody else, all of a sudden, what it means is that more and more sophisticated types of needs that customers have, have the potential to be handled in a self-service automated way. And then ultimately, I think that's the force multiplier is more self-service and more and more sophisticated problems being able to be dealt with via self-service. That's going to create more customer satisfaction and that's going to create lower cost. I love what you're talking about there. And I think the third thing that it does as well is, and a lot of brands don't think about this, but when you connect the product database with the service database, then you can also track stickiness. You can track profitability through the service experience, whether it's self-service or whether it's, you know, engaged service and, and so forth. So I think that's super powerful. And as you're talking about, I was thinking about, you know, 20 years ago, I just talked to everybody on the phone. And now I'm just like, please don't call me. You know, right. just text me. I mean, people call me, like, why are they calling me? Why are they texting me? 
And we, and we know the part of that is because, hey, our lives got really busy. We don't have as much time for the phone. But the other part of it is like, I only want to have like the most engaged, sensitive, critical conversations on the phone or live like this. Everything else I could just do through text. And so I think that's a simplistic version of what you're talking about. But it's really powerful because it probably helps the, you know, the normal consumer, the normal audience understand it too. So I think that's cool. Well, man, you're giving us some great stuff here. So Howard, when you think about one of two other things that you'd love to share with the audience, whether it's from your best-selling book, which congratulations, by the way, I think it's awesome, or just from your business or the experience that you have in the industry, what are some things that you'd love other folks to know? Well, you know, as we think about this idea of service becoming more self-service, it does create a problem, even though it lowers costs and it creates better customer experience in general, which is that the human connection seemingly has the potential to create more loyalty and, and just more, more emotional relationship with the customer, potentially, potentially. Now, don't get me yeah. wrong. When I go to the DMV and deal with the person there, I don't feel a strong human connection. So just speaking real time one-on-one to somebody yeah. does not guarantee yeah. that. And yet at the same time, we also know that, that people who feel a strong emotional connection to a brand tend to be more loyal, tend to be less price sensitive. This is a very valuable thing to do from a business perspective. So one of the things I talk a lot about in my book is the idea of customer love. And mm. how do you inspire the emotional engagement and connection of your customer? How do you get them to say, mm. man, I love that brand? Which is, of course, not the same thing we mean when we say, I love my daughter or I love my yeah, yeah. wife. But still, that idea that this is a brand that I'm passionate about. And mm-hmm. so what we talk about in the book, we sort of have done something which is arguably a little bit unromantic, which is reverse engineered. What is it? Co- what causes people, what causes customers to feel those positive, emotional, warm, emotional feelings towards a brand so that we can answer the question, how can we most efficiently generate those emotions? And, you know, do they have to be generated by face-to-face or direct communication? Or if we have customers that we engage with largely, not personally, not through, you know, a call or an in-person experience with a human being, how can we still push those levers and generate Mm -hmm. that emotion? So I think that's a really important thing for everyone to be thinking about. And that's a big topic I cover in the book. I love it. It reminds me of the concept of emotional affinity, which is kind of everybody they know wherever they get their coffee. Most people drink coffee. So wherever, if it's Starbucks, like you've all of a sudden, you're so connected to that Starbucks brand that you have an emotional affinity that it's essential to your everyday life, which is what you're talking about with customer love. But I love how you double click into it where you're talking about how do we reverse engineer that and create that intentionally. And I think that's pretty cool. I love that. I love that. As always, these 15 minute podcasts, they go like this, but the truth bombs and you dropped here are amazing. If folks want to reach out to you to catch up, learn more about your book, learn more about your company, or just catch up with you, what's the best way to connect? Sure. Well, I'm on LinkedIn every day and I publish a lot of content there. So I absolutely encourage people to find me and connect with me there. And you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter. Howard Tierski, just look me up. If you're interested in the book, you can find it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Apple Books, et cetera. But there's also a website for the book. It's at winningdigitalcustomers.com. And if you go there, you can learn more about the book and read testimonials, et cetera. And you can also download the first chapter for free. So you might want to check that out. And my consulting firm, my agency from the Digital Transformation Agency, we work with large brands like Transamerica, Airbus, Avis, Chase, et cetera, on digital transformation and creating more customer love. And you can find out more about us at our website, from.digital. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, Howard. We really appreciate you coming on the show. 
As always, folks, we have the best guest on the Future Service Channel. I'm Jonathan Schroyer. I'm the Chief CX Innovation Officer at Arise Virtual Solutions. And this is the Mission Matters Podcast Network. Until next time, serve well. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.